Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Soon on the floor for Phoenix. Can't waste much time if they want to make a push. Durant, that's a deep two. So made three for Denver and two empty trips for Phoenix to begin the fourth. But give Phoenix all kinds of defensive credit. Durant with a tough shot, falling away over Gordon. Nuggets just one made field goal in the last six change. Here's KCP. Big shot for Denver. To your point, coach. Gotta stay ready. Lonnie Walker, guarded by Curry. Walker, pull up. Walker, hits another one. It's the Lonnie Walker game. Brandon's working awfully quickly. I worry about him being a little too hurried out there. Yeah, I've noticed him taking a peek at the clock every now and again behind home plate to make sure that, uh, you know, he's on time with that next delivery. This is launched and way gone. Jorge Soler, wow. Onto the concourse out there in left center field. That's his eighth. And just like that, it's 4 nothing Miami. Tucker is due for a corner three. It's Embiid, three to fire. Drills it. Joel Embiid, 32 for the MVP. Stepping out of bounds. So the Knicks have not made a shot here in the fourth. Miami is one out of nine. Butler gets inside for the deuce. It's no balls and two strikes to Mike Trout. A bi- brilliant pitch calling from Maldonado with two fastballs quickly ahead. Here's Fromber, rocks and delivers the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He strikes him out to end the eighth inning. Fromber Valdez, absolutely magnificent tonight here in Anaheim. Three balls, two strikes to Martin Maldonado. He bats ninth. Here's the pitch. Swing on. This one hit hard and deep to left field. Going back on it again. And that ball is gone. A two-run home run by Martin Maldonado. And the Astros take a 2-1 to lead. Well, the home run comes back to bite Otani again. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Wednesday, May 10th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7, Suns and Nuggets, because Kevin Durant's play been subpar this series. Lakers and Warriors, who you got tonight, ATS. The Diamondbacks, how long can they stick with Brandon Fott? Back to the NBA. Why has the Celtics' defense been so bad during this postseason? And who you got tonight, ATS, in uh, what might be the last game in the uh, the Heat in the Knicks series. On the diamond, what stood out on Thursday night? It should be Tuesday. uh, That's not Tuesday night, right? Tuesday night. Yes, this is Wednesday. Tuesday night. And uh, perhaps uh, Framber Valdez beating Shohei Otani. And what else caught your eye since our last show? 
Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15 or so around the NBA playoffs, we'll talk with uh, Matt John of Basketball News and also Heavy.com. 9.30, interactive action at 602-260-1060. And also the local roundup, that'll include some Suns and Nuggets Game 5 analysis. Time pending, a little Diamondbacks and uh, Marlins from last night. Then the final segment of the sports zone will be the National Roundup, topped by from the scoreboard, some baseball from last night, and also we'll get to some latest line action. Certainly the NBA playoffs will cover. Then after the sports zone, from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla. That'll include a Warriors update with a former Phoenix and Bay Area sports talk show legend, John Cannon. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, is it fair to say that Kevin Durant's level of play has been subpar the first five games against the Nuggets? And Kayla has the early returns. Yes, leading the way here at 67% of the vote, no trailing at 33%. Durant in the uh, Tuesday night 118-102 Game 5 loss at Denver finished with 26 points, but he was 10 of 24 from the field, 0 of 3 from behind the arc, and also uh, he had five turnovers. So turnovers have been an issue for him throughout this series. What else stood out during the Suns' embarrassing second-half meltdown last night in Game 5 at Denver? Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, who you got tonight? ATS. Uh, the Lakers plus seven or the Warriors minus seven. And Kayla, what do we have here? Warriors leading the way minus seven at 60% of the vote. Lakers plus seven trailing at 40%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060 to cast your vote. The uh, the underdog, the Lakers were the underdogs, at least when this series started. But now they're one win away from de- uh, really eliminating the defending champion Warriors. So in addition to answering that Twitter poll question, who you got ATS, how about some witty analysis? We always love that witty analysis. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Diamondbacks starting pitching issues did not improve last night. The most uh, Their most heralded pitching prospect, Brandon Fott, has now allowed six home runs and been beaten in his first two major league starts. How long can the Diamondbacks continue the on-the-job training at the major league level of one Brandon Fott? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the uh, Sixers dominated last night at Boston. Philadelphia basically led from start to finish in last night's uh, domination. Uh, Really, they dominated for the majority of the four quarters uh, against Boston, whose defense has been bad throughout the playoffs, so... To the point, why has the Celtics' defense been so bad through two rounds now of the postseason? Meanwhile, tonight, in addition to the Lakers and Warriors, the Heat can finish off the Knicks. Who you got tonight, ATS? The Heat plus 3.5 or the Knicks minus 3.5. Obviously, that game at MSG this evening. Meanwhile, the Astros look like champions. At least they did last night. Framber Valdez outpitched Shohei Otani in the Astros 3-1 victory over the Angels. What else stood out to you in Major League Baseball was a completely a night schedule of Monday and Tuesday. No day games. There are today, thank God. 
but there were no day games yesterday. What stood out last night in Major League Baseball, there were uh, some interesting series uh, for kind of a uh, – Second, consec- second consecutive cycle of games. Last weekend was really tremendous. Best weekend of the year. Best you know, series of the season collectively. And uh, the last couple nights have been pretty intriguing also. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That is the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by around the NBA playoffs, Matt John. Uh, from Basketball News and Heavy.com, scheduled to join us. We'll start with the Suns, and we'll progress through the uh, the uh, conference semifinals in the East and the West. We'll cover them all uh, with Matt in the next segment. Once again, bottom of the hour, phone call time. General discussion at that point, 602-260-1060. Also, I'll get into the Suns and the Nuggets. Uh, not just necessarily game five from last night, but kind of a, you know, in some cases, a review of the series to date through five games, uh, but mainly phone call time at the bottom of the hour if you wish, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HG 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. All right, the Suns. They're going to have to win a game in Denver at some point, or their season's going to be over by Sunday night. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. And uh, for more on the NBA playoffs, and uh, we'll get to the Suns to, uh, to start with in just a second here. And uh, I swear we will do that if I can just uh, fix my computer here a little bit. Okay, here we go. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports show by Matt John of Basketball News and Heavy.com. And Matt, good to have you on the show. And a home team, obviously, now 5-0 and zero in the Suns and Nuggets series. And the Suns' offensive efficiency has been drastically different home and away. How do you evaluate this series through five games? Um, well, I mean, there's always the asterisk of no Chris Paul. Um, that obviously hurts. I mean, injuries happen in the playoffs. Uh, but it's like they say, uh, role players play better at home, and I think that actually has the difference. Like, but from an um, from an unbiased standpoint, I actually thought you know the Suns' depth was gonna was gonna harm them, and believe it believe it or not, those two games in Phoenix, it was their depth that actually pushed them through. And so, what I, what I'm looking forward to see seeing is just if uh, that depth can actually show show itself on the road on the road against Denver. 
Yeah, Jokic, not surprisingly, has dominated. He dominates against everybody, or seemingly everybody. The Suns have really opted almost exclusively not to double-team him. Should they at least consider changing that strategy some? Um, I think at this point when you're, when you're down 3-2, uh, to two, you may as well try anything. Um, I mean, there's a reason why Nikola Jokic is a two-time MVP. So I'm... I'm intrigued to see if they if they at least double team. At the same time, if there's if there's a big man who can pass out of double teams, it's Jokic. So I wonder if that's why they are they're not uh, trying that because they're afraid if he can he can beat us as a scorer, he he might beat us as a playmaker too. He might even he might beat us even worse. Yeah. As far as uh, is there really anything else the Suns should try to do strategically different uh, heading into uh, Game Six here on Thursday night? I'm just trying to think, well, like, I, when I think, this isn't just a Suns thing, but just in general, the Nuggets finally have a supporting cast around Jokic, which was not the case last year. And I think we're seeing kind of what happens when he has good players around him. He finally has Murray, like he he has, you know, Porter, Porter Jr. and and uh, Aaron Gordon around them. When I try to think about coverages, I'm, I, I think the Suns, in gen, like, they've, They've been ex- they've been excellent home against Denver in this series. Like, I I do want I do wonder if really what they're just going to keep doing what they're doing and just and just hope that uh, just hope that one of these days they can at least shut off his supporting cast. They may just say we'll roll the punches with Jokic and just see if if Aaron Gordon can do what he's doing for an entire series. So maybe bottom line here is this just a series that the home team is going to win every game? It's it's turning out that way thus far. Um, of course, you know in Phoenix's case they they've had they had to overcome some, some adversity with Paul's injury. So I think it's it's possible that this may turn out to be just every home the home team wins every game. But like you know team, teams they can surprise like the six. The Sixers against Celtics, for example, like this looked like a series that the Celtics were going to run away with, and now the Sixers are one game away. So you never know when the series may flip. All it takes is just one play. I'll get to that Sixers series momentarily. Talking with Matt John from Basketball News and also Heavy.com. Okay, let's go Lakers and Warriors here. The Lakers one win away from eliminating the defending champion Warriors. Why are the Lakers up 3-1 in this series? Well, I think I think it comes down to two things. I think the Lakers are a team that kind of figured themselves out once they made all those moves at the deadline. I mean, they were a train wreck for a time, but then they they added guys that filled in all their holes between Russell, Vanderbilt, and Hachimura against the Warriors, who, despite being the defending champions, they never quite figured themselves out during the season. I mean, they were excellent at home and awful on the road, but the problem is you need to develop some consistency, and I don't think that the Warriors ever really did that. And so, like, here we are watching them kind of fall apart. I mean, it is surprising seeing a Stephen Curry-led team do that, but I think, like, we can't take history into account. We have to take in, like, how they did in the regular season. I, I do think this, this past regular season for the Warriors kind of revealed more about them as they headed into the playoffs. Steve Kerr has been changing the starting five in the rotation, partly because you know Looney had some uh, you know illness issues early in this series. If Looney's a hundred percent tonight, what would be the best starting five for the Warriors in game game six, game five? Uh, 
I mean, that that is a good question just because I'm not – because with all the lineup changes they made, I'm not sure if there's anything really that the Warriors can do. I mean, they had a golden opportunity in game four, and they kind of blew it, and kind of uncharacteristically. Like, I, I haven't seen those, those kind of mental mistakes from, you know, Stephen, Stephen Curry before. Like, I would say just if, you know, push – Push came to shove. I think obviously start Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, and Green. Um, I think there was a little bit of success with Jermichael Green, but I at this at this point the Warriors are kind of like they're kind of scrambling for whatever they can scrambling for whatever starting lineup works. Like I would say try Looney, and if it's and if it's clear that he's he's not a factor and a shame. Shamedly, kind of hasn't been a factor. Like, I think they will have to move towards their floor spacers. It kind of goes to show how much they miss guys like Otto Porter and Yamania Bielitsa from last year. Yeah, in fact, that's my next thing. How much of this series is the Lakers maybe just have too much length and too much size against the Warriors? They also just, I think they also just have too much scoring. Like, you know, going into these playoffs, people criticized D'Angelo Russell. They said, you know, you know his low percentages. His low percentages as a uh, shooter have hurt him, but he's kind of come alive a bit. And I think it's just he's almost like diet Kyrie Irving, where you know if you put him <laughs> next to Le- to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, that just takes off so much pressure and allows him to roam free as a scorer. Now, obviously, he's you know he's not exactly you know a star a star player, but he is a guy where like I, I feel like he is a player among the multiple players the Lakers have where just put him next to LeBron James and just. That just takes uh, put a mix of LeBron James and AD, and you know that's just so much less pressure, so much so much more space to roam. And I think I just think that that just helps so much. They have so much more scoring and so much so much more versatility. And I think having that in the in the playoffs is extremely important, and that's why they're up three one right now. Talking with Matt John with Basketball News and Heavy dot com. So is this series in tonight? Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Like, it's it's hard not to think. So the Lakers have been pretty good at home, and I think I think what's been most impressive about them is that LeBron James. You know, everyone knows about LeBron James and his yearly dominance. He actually hasn't actually hasn't been the same LeBron James that we've seen for obvious reasons. He's in his late 30s, but at the same and it hasn't mattered. The Lakers' depth has just been too much to overcome. Like, and usually when you lose, like in Watching the playoffs, in my experience, usually when you lose in the fashion that the Warriors did, it's a pretty backbreaking. It's a it's a backbreaking loss for them. So, it I believe, yeah, this this does end. All right, the Sixers dominated last night at Boston. How surprised were you, and what has impressed you the most about the Sixers in these last two wins? Oh boy, where where do I start about the Sixers? Like I'm. <laughs> Like watching that game last night, what what confounded me the most, and this is coming from someone who's watched the Celtics extensively this season, like I've never seen them like that rattled in a game before. The only two players who really showed up last night were Tatum and Brown, and that's what you expect from your star players. Um, but the really big difference between the two was that the Sixers' complimentary guys showed up in that game, and the Celtics' complimentary guys were nowhere to be seen. Like it is a shame because. You know, Derek White and Al Horford, they're two of the Celtics' most, you know, important role players. And just last night, they they looked scared. They played scared out there. And when you look at the Sixers guys, like Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey, like, 
they haven't been great as a whole in this series, but last night during, you know, what was the most pivotal game of the series, they both stepped up, and that's what you need from your complimentary guys, much like the Lakers. Like, Harris was getting in there, getting offensive rebounds, and was exploiting mismatches, and Tyrese Maxey was was getting past every single Celtics defender. And so, when you like, it's amazing how this series was two James Harden clutch threes from being a sweep, and now and now the Celtics are one game away from elimination, and that's that's what happens when you can't seal the deal on your opponent. I think it's accurate to say in some shape or form that Joe Mazzulla has not had a great postseason here. How much of the uh, Boston underachieving, really in the postseason, if you think about the Atlanta series, how much of that is because of Mazzulla to this point? Um, I think it would be unfair to say he deserves, you know, the lion's share of the blame. Like, you know, you know, as because people, because people usually go to coaching. I do. I, you know, he's obviously hasn't been, he hasn't been spotless. Like, not taking a timeout at the end of Game Four when he had the chance. Like, I think that, that unfortunately reared its ugly head when they when they lost. I think part of it is just, you know, I don't think anyone was anticipating that, you know, Derek White and Al Horford were gonna were going to miss shots that they regularly made during the regular season. Um, I think I think the Hawks series may have may have more or less exposed some of the holes in the Celtics roster because, you know, they, they were Celtics were kind of lucky they pulled away in Game Six because the Hawks were giving it to them and they may have exposed their red flags. Like, I think some of I think I do think Missoula deserves some of the blame, but I also think some of the roster construction has been exposed to squad. But at the same time, it's not his fault that you know some of the Celtics complimentary players like Horford and White. They are not. They are not making the shots that their opponents are giving them. Like Philly has basically said, we're going to let Al Horford beat us from three, and you'd think that's ridiculous because Horford was one of the best three-point shooters in the league this season, but it's worked, and the Celtics have been terrified of Embiid down low. So, I, so I do think there is. I think the blame is uh, is team round, and Missoula definitely deserves some of it, just not, just not all of it. Yeah, going back to the Atlanta series, uh, in this series, why have they been so bad on defense? It's not like they were the greatest defensive team on earth before the playoffs started, but th- this has been a sharp decline. Uh, it, like when you watch last year, it's pretty, it's pretty astounding how much they they've kind of declined. I think, I think part of it was last year they just got a fully rested Horford, and he was you know excellent last year, given given that he was he played. He was playing that well at 35, and much like LeBron James is declined, you can't you know fault the guy for aging when he's in when he's in his 30s. But that's what happens. Um, I I think Horford's decline. I also think Time Lord kind of struggling with injuries all year has kind of hurt their ability to develop some continuity, and I think that's made the Celtics a little a little slower on the defensive end. Um, funny funny enough, like Jason Tatum has been you know. Jason Tatum is actually, I think, an underrated defender, and he's actually been excellent. But, um, but uh, I mean, he, his effort kind of waned game to game in the regular season. Uh, but you you mm-hmm. think that the Celtics would have that extra gear, and they just haven't done that. Um, and it's it's hard not to notice that when last year they were so phenomenal on that end. Like, but I just think Orford's decline. Um, I think Brogdon hasn't exactly been as good defensively as the Celtics hoped, but. Maybe, but who knows? I, who knows on that front? But I, I think it's just not as unified as it was. 
they didn't play as okay. a unit. They, they're not playing, sorry, they're not playing as a unit defensively as much. No, my bad. Uh, so does Philly in this and six? Hey, like, it's like, I would like to say no. Um, like, the Celtics have proven that they're road warriors. They've won three games on the road in these playoffs. Yeah, for some reason, they have a phobia about winning at home. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but they, you know, they beat Philly in game three and were, you know, a br- two brain farts from winning game four. And But the, but the Sixers, like, last night, they just, they didn't just look like, they just outclassed them in game five. And so I don't, I don't know if, it just looked like the Celtics were playing awesome during that game. So, if that's the, if that's the Celtics team that's going to show up in Game Six, then yeah, this this series is over. But at the, but you know the previous four games, the Celtics have matched up well with the Sixers. I do think I think the one change the Celtics have to make is is uh, reinserting Robert Williams into the lineup for Derek White because White has been largely ineffective in the series. Miami, one win away from advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals for the third time in four seasons. Jimmy Butler has obviously been great, but how much of this is Eric Spolster? Oh, man. Like, I think, I think Eric Spolster is a phenomenal coach. I, I, can't, I can't even begin to talk about, you know, how much I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of the word with Eric Spolstra, like how how amazing he's been, because you know everyone was saying you know before you know before Butler came around that Spolstra only won because of LeBron, and I think he's he's beaten those allegations. Um, I think you get a guy with like, I think obviously you need some talent. You obviously need a star, but I also think you need playoff DNA and a playoff culture. And you know, you know, you know, depending on who you talk to, people can think that's stupid that people talk about the heat culture and whatnot. But I think Spolster's established that with just, with, you know, with enough talent. And Miami's talent is, isn't exactly great. It's just what they lack in talent. They have in playoff DNA. And I think Eric Spolstra is largely responsible for a lot of that. I mean, Jimmy Butler is, is phenomenal. And he clearly is, like, never shies from the moment. But I think, I think when you have a team full of guys that, you know, have been there before, despite their lack of talent, that actually can take you a long way in these playoffs, and they need to prove just that. Do the Knicks at least uh, protect home court and win tonight? Uh, like, <laughs> um, I, I don't believe they do. I'll, I'll say this about the Knicks. I, you know, even if even if it does end tonight, you know, they've they they've started something. Like this is at least the start of a new era for them. I think when it comes down to it, it's just an experience. Like, they were, you know, kind of fun. They were a very fun team to watch, especially after they got Josh Hart. They kind of figured themselves out. Tom Thibodeau is also a really good coach, like, and and uh, they have the assets to get better. I just think for now, I think the Heat are kind of, they're just giving them the uh, tough tough lessons about the playoffs now that they've started something new. I mean, they were, they were given a lot of crap about Brunson, but he's proven them wrong. R.J. Barrett, I mean, like, I... I can't tell you whether or not I think he's a star, but I do think he is. He does have talent. Like I do think that. I guess the point being is that I think the next season ends tonight, but I don't think there's any reason for them to be discouraged because of that. Matt, great stuff. We appreciate it. Thanks much. Have fun. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you guys reaching out. No problem. Our pleasure. 
Matt Johns from uh, Basketball News. Matt John, excuse me, from Basketball News and also Heavy.com. Next segment is phone call time if you want to get in, 602-260-1060. Also today's local roundup. We'll have some Suns and Nuggets observations from last night and kind of collectively uh, through the first five games of this series. And time pending, we'll get to some Diamondbacks and uh, Marlins uh, from last night. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time to the KDUS Hotline 602. 260-1060. Get to your phone calls shortly. We have time and room for you right now. First up, some local roundup. And we start with the Suns. They lost again by double digits last night at Denver. They allowed 35 first quarter points. They allowed, uh, and actually after a good defensive second quarter, the Suns were horrendous in the third quarter. They allowed 39 points in the third quarter. In between, they allowed just 17 points in the second quarter. That was actually arguably, I didn't look it up statistically, but just watching, I thought that you could make a pretty good case that that was the Suns' best defensive quarter of the postseason. But then they played the third quarter. That did not go well. Also, the Suns in this series have been awful offensively in the three losses at Denver, scoring just 107 in Game 1, 87 in Game 2. Of course, that's the game that Chris Paul left because of injury in the third quarter. And the Suns totaled 102 points last night, and that is really misleading because the Suns scored 22 points during the excessive garbage time uh, when uh, basically hardly any starters from either team were on the floor in the last four or five minutes of that game. So what else happened last night? Most significantly, the Nuggets scored 31 fast-break points. That's their highest total of any of their playoff games this season. Also, hopefully, um, this notion that the Suns are a better team without Chris Paul, which has kind of been led and spearheaded by Stephen A. Smith, that notion is absurd. The Nuggets in Game 5 forced the Suns to run their offense much further away from the rim, oftentimes they use Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope pressuring get Devin Booker anywhere from 45 to 75 feet away from the rim. Suns often got set up in their offense with like 12 to 15 seconds or less left on the shot clock, and that made it really difficult for them. No, quite about, no question about that. Also, the Suns last night without Paul for a third consecutive game. 22 assists and 10 turnovers. Now, the 10 turnovers, that's not an outrageously bad number, but the 22 to 10 assist to turnover ratio, that is not exactly a winning formula. Nobody misses Paul more than DeAndre Ayton, who in the first two games of the series with Paul had 21 field goal attempts and 14 makes. Ayton in the three games without Paul has 24 field goal attempts in three games and 12 makes. Meanwhile, personnel news, Chris Paul with the groin injury missed his third consecutive game last night. After the game last night, he said 
he hopes to return uh, to Game 6 in Phoenix tomorrow night. Meanwhile, the bottom line, the Nuggets are a really good team, especially at home. They're undefeated at home this postseason, 6-0. and zero. And for the season, counting the regular season, they are 40-7, and seven, 40 wins, 7 losses at home. Also in the regular season, no Western Conference team has more wins, home and away, than the Denver Nuggets. Statistically speaking, the Suns now 0-3 this postseason when uh, you know, they don't get 30-plus from either Kevin, Kevin Durant or Devin Booker. And uh, up next, of course, is Game 6, Thursday night at the Footprint Center, 7 o'clock on TNT. All right, the Diamondbacks lost last night to the Marlins. Top pitching prospect Brandon Fott, Brandon Fott was clobbered again. Last week, last Wednesday in his Major League debut, uh, it was somewhat understandable. The wind was blowing out in Texas. He allowed four home runs. And that was against a Rangers lineup that actually entered the week number two in baseball in runs scored. Last night, Fott had no such excuse. He allowed six runs on seven hits and two walks with just three strikeouts and five innings. And he allowed two more home runs, both of those massive homers to Jorge Soler. The Marlins entered this week as the worst offensive team in the National League. You can pretty much pick your category, including runs scored, and they entered this series as the worst offensive team in the National League. The bottom line, Fott is not missing many bats. Uh, before his Major League debut last Wednesday, Fott allowed a lot of home runs in the minor leagues, something that was supposedly because he played in minor league ballparks that featured home runs. That part's true, but now he's pitching in major league ballparks and allowing home runs. So I think that's kind of a bogus excuse for the problems that he's had so far. Meanwhile, the bottom line overall, the Diamondbacks now 3-2 and two on their 10-game homestand. They're 2-1 and one against the Nationals. They are now 1-1 one one against the Marlins. Up next, the Diamondbacks. So Marlins series concludes this afternoon. And the state of the Diamondbacks pitching staff means that this is you know, pretty much when Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly pitch, it's pretty close to a must-win situation. Today it is Merrill Kelly Day. He has a 275 earned run average on the season. Uh, he's been really good the last two starts. With a 2.38 or a run average, he's allowed two earned runs in 30 innings in those two starts. His walks have been way down. That was a massive problem for him in the first few starts of the season. He has 15 strikeouts in the last two starts. And actually, if you really go back to his last four outings, he has three quality starts, even though I'm not exactly a big believer in the official mathematical formula for quality starts in the Major League Baseball his setting and as far as starting pitchers go. But... Anyway, so he does have three quality starts, whether you like the parameters or not, in his last four outings. All right, so on to the uh, National League West standings. Of course, the Dodgers, they played last night, so the Dodgers won last night. They're starting to look like the Dodgers, quite frankly. Uh, they've now won eight out of ten games against some really good competition, uh, including, obviously, the Padres last weekend at San Diego. So the Dodgers sitting at 22-15. and 15. The Diamondbacks are now 20-16 uh, and 16 in second place. The Padres, they uh, won last night at Minnesota uh, against the Twins, who were good. Uh, so the Padres now 19-17 and 17 overall, and uh, they've won six of their last 10 games. San Francisco, 
uh, in, in, in Colorado. I mentioned this yesterday, but I'm probably going to mention this for the next you know, five months, roughly until the season ends. They're probably going to be fourth and fifth uh, in that order, I'm guessing, the majority of this season, even though the Rockies have now won seven in their last ten games, and the Rockies are only you know, three games behind in the loss column as far as uh, San Francisco goes. But San Francisco right now 16-19, and 19, and the Rockies sitting at 15-22. and 22. All right. Next segment, we will wrap up the sports zone. Coming up uh, next, we'll have Corey. Uh, with a uh, sports update that'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show we'll have the national roundup that'll be topped by some from the scoreboard from major league baseball last night and also we'll get to some latest line information uh, get to uh, certainly uh, the nba playoff latest line including uh, suns and nuggets game six we'll take a look at the early numbers in fact particular series uh, excuse me that particular game which might actually end the series Probably not because the Suns are playing at home and the home team is kicking some butt so far in this series. So uh, we'll see if that continues tomorrow night. And then we'll also get to uh, a couple of other things in the next segment. To be determined, you're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. social information about KTUS AM 1060, try KTUS1060.com at KTUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KTUS AM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. And... We uh, conclude the sports zone with uh, the, uh, the the national roundup. We we'll start with the NBA latest line for the postseason tonight. Two games: uh, the Knicks trying to stave off elimination. They opened a three and a half point underdog at home against uh, the Miami Heat. And they're still sitting at three and a half total, sitting at two twenty nine and a half. And the Lakers try to finish off the defending champion Warriors. In uh, Oak and actually in San Francisco now, I keep forgetting they moved from Oakland to San Francisco because nobody plays in Oakland, at least after the A's leave, wherever they're going at the end of this year. Uh, but Golden State opened a five and a half point favorite. This number's up to seven and a half uh, in most locations worldwide. Total sitting at 226. As far as tomorrow night, Boston tries to you know avoid elimination at Philadelphia. And uh, the Celtics opened a one-point favorite in this game last night after they lost the game in Boston. Uh, and now they're up to a two-point favorite. So there's still some, uh, you know, at least uh, in the uh, market believers, uh, some, still some are on the Boston side. From one to two in this game, the total opened at 214.5, down to 213. And tomorrow night. At the Footprint Center, the Suns open three-and-a-half-point favorites pretty much everywhere, sitting three-and-a-half worldwide. And uh, the uh, total in this game opened 226-and-a-half and still, for the most part, sitting at 226-and-a-half in most locations. All right, also around the NBA, the uh, Knicks, Emmanuel quickly doubtful for tonight's Game 5 with the ankle injury. Of course, he missed Game 4 because of that ankle injury. And I want, to mention one, I want to mention one college basketball thing here. Denny Crum, we hear 
Uh, lots of college basketball coaches called great, which uh, great is my one of my least favorite words in sports because it's extremely overused. But Denny Crum is one of the legitimate great college basketball coaches ever. He died yesterday at the age of 86. Uh, he actually played at UCLA in the late 50s and joined John Wooden's staff with the Bruins and ended up becoming the Louisville head coach in uh, 1971. He coached the Cardinals uh, to the Final Four six times, won national championships in 1980 and 1986. And in fact, uh, yeah, I've always been a big fan of Louisville. I just liked watching them play. And then I was never more of a fan of Louisville than uh, 1996 when they won that second NCAA tournament. That was led by freshman big man, never nervous Purvis Ellison, uh, I actually had a 16 to 1 ticket from the Las Vegas Sands Sportsbook back in the day, the Sands Sportsbook, uh, for the Cardinals to win that tournament. And that's one of the best bets and biggest killings I've ever made as far as a sports wager goes. But yeah, Denny Crum passes away yesterday. All right. Baseball yesterday. Framber Valdez outpitched uh, Shohei Otani. Valdez uh, had 12 strikeouts. Over eight, uh, eight uh, innings of a three-hit ball, Shohei Otani uh, was, uh, gave up a two-run homer to Martin Maldonado, of all people. And also, Jordan Alvarez had an RBI single in this game. Uh, as the uh, defending champion Astros, who haven't looked like the defending champions much this season, a lot, a lot of it has to do with the injuries, but they looked good last night with Valdez dominating and uh, the Astros winning that game 3-1 to at Anaheim. Meanwhile, the Orioles beat the Rays. And uh, the Cano and Batista, they've been great at the end of the bullpen. We kind of wonder if they're going to – they might be burned out by the time we get to, like, June at this point. But uh, Cano and Batista got the final nine outs last night for the Orioles in the 4-2 to victory over Tampa Bay. Uh, the Orioles uh, – Adley Rushman – He's a stud. Uh, he homered. Also, Grayson Rodriguez looked good. He, the numbers looked good. He pitched into the sixth inning. He really wasn't that good. He kind of uh, was pretty fortunate a few times. Not many, not much swing and miss with Grayson Rodriguez, at least last night against Tampa. The Orioles within five and a half now of the Major League leading Rays. Uh, Tampa won that opener on Monday night uh, as they play a three-game series in Baltimore. Meanwhile, the Braves, they routed the Red Sox last night. Uh, it's pretty amazing that uh, you know they lost another pitcher, Max Freed. He's going to be out likely a few weeks, and they're really not saying a whole lot. A forearm injury, I get worried about that. Uh, oftentimes that leads to some kind of Tommy John situation. But last night, Charlie Morton dominated the Red Sox. Actually, he's dominated the Red Sox throughout his career. He's had 14 career starts against Boston, and he's 8-1 and one with a very low earned run average. For some reason, I misplaced the numbers that I wrote down for the earned run average, but it's not like he's not 8-1 and one because they've gotten him 7,000 runs of support, even though they've gotten some runs of support. But last night, he allowed two runs in five hits and six innings. Matt Olson uh, hit another home run last night, two-run homer in the four-run first inning. When he's not striking out, which has been frequently, Matt Olson's hitting a lot of home runs, and uh, they pretty much destroyed Nick Pavetta, who's been off to a good start, uh, to the surprise of some, 
uh, for the Red Sox this season. But uh, the the Braves win that game last night, nine to three. So today in Major League Baseball, among other things, lots of day games. I mentioned earlier that there were no day games Monday and Tuesday, which kind of makes me sad because it's uh, something to you know, more than do during the uh, day. Here you got tons of day games today, including. The Dodgers and Milwaukee concluding their three-game series in Milwaukee. The Dodgers have won the first two games of that series. Clayton Kershaw, who couldn't throw strikes, couldn't throw strikes on Friday night at San Diego on the mound today, and uh, you know, against Wade Miley, former Diamondback, uh, so who's doing quite well for Milwaukee. Uh, but uh, Kershaw and the Dodgers at eight to five, one sixty area favored uh, as far as that game today. Also, the Diamondbacks conclude their three-game series against Miami today. And as I mentioned in the last segment, it's a Merrill Kelly start, which uh, the way that the Diamondbacks pitching staff is uh, shaping up right now, anytime that Kelly or uh, or Gallon start, it's kind of almost a must-win situation. The Diamondbacks and Merrill Kelly, a 140, roughly a 140 consensus favorite against uh, Cabrera and the Miami uh, Marlins. Cabrera throws really hard has some serious location slash command issues but uh he is uh, at times dominant when he actually is able to throw strikes but that's unfortunately for him and for the marlins not exactly all the time also the padres in their series today at minnesota Uh, that's lugo who's done a nice job so far for san diego against uh against uh, lopez used to be with miami obviously now with the Twins and the Twins and Lopez, a 125 favorite in that game. All right, the extra points coming up. We're next with Kayla. Stay tuned for that. We'll talk Warriors with John Cannon, among other things. Mm-hmm. 